What's up, everyone? It's Brian from Exact IT Solutions. I have here Andre from Arc Solvers IT down in Miami. Good afternoon, Andre. How are you today? I'm well, Brian. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Um, today is April 15th. It's, it's tax day, but not really, because I don't think taxes are really due today, right? Right. It got extended. Yep. Um, so it's not tax, it's tax day, but not really here in the United States, April 15th, 2021. How's things going in at Arc Solvers down there in Miami? Ah, things are busy, man. I've been, uh, working, uh, with you and our mastermind group about 10 Xing our business. True. True. This is yeah. true. Yeah. Um, and, and we talk about a lot of we talk about a lot of business planning. Um, I think if people listen to this podcast, they know that you and I absolutely work together on our business through this mastermind group that we're a part of together. Um, and that's important, right? That's important for every business to do, every business owner to do. Um, like uh, We've been doing this for a while, right? Probably over six months at this point, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I know you, in the, like, unlike unlike me, you have one of your employees in the group with us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what what is it? What has it done for your business? Maybe in terms of things that I don't see, like, or maybe for the uh, for the for your operations manager who's in there with us, like what. What has it done for her from her perspective or what has it done for you or the two of you? Um, talk to me about that. So, so maybe the audience can understand like why taking a step back every quarter is important and planning and, and, and putting um, evaluating and planning and then putting a plan of action for the coming quarter in place. Yeah, so we're talking about this week, we probably spent a full two business days when you count it. It was within three days, but it was about 16 hours of just like zoning out and just focusing on the business and um, just trying to just, you know, see what can we improve on because um, my, my COO, Yoli, she went to school for a project manager. She didn't go to school to run a business. You know, right. so so making sure that the migration happened correctly, no problem. She can do that. But then running the business, managing people and managing and helping them to improve themselves. That's kind of, I would say, what has been the, the biggest takeaway we've we've gotten, because although we're we're improving ourselves now, us, because as I think you even mentioned that a tech a technician sometimes just wants to be a technician. Mm-hmm. They don't want to like. They don't want to like, okay, I don't want to be a supervisor. I don't want to do this or that. I just want to do what I'm good at. But now how do you keep them in that realm where they're comfortable, but at the same time, make them a little uncomfortable so that they can even go 2X or 3X of their, their capabilities. So that's kind of been one of the uh, the biggest takeaways is, is managing our, our staff and helping them push uh, as far as like continuing education, um, going against our core values and making sure that they're following that. So it's just so much great information. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't really push somebody to want to be better if they don't want to be better, right? Yeah. 
So um, it's always tricky, but I think that, that then that goes back to culture, right? What kind of culture are you creating and what kind of people are you hiring and are you hiring around your culture? So if your culture is growth and your culture is, uh, uh, you know, having uh, people who want to work in an environment where, or in a company that wants to grow fast, um, that doesn't happen by accident, right? That you, you need the right people in place with the right attitude and the right skill sets in order to grow. Uh, and there comes a point in time where um, there's that old saying where, you know, what got you here won't get you there. Yeah. I've heard that with, you know, people say that to me with employees, like, you know, people that got you here aren't going to get you there. Right. So um, that's something businesses have to evaluate all the time is do I have the right people and do I have the right butts in the right seats so I can achieve the goals that I've set out for myself and the company. Um, so it's interesting. It's interesting how uh, the different strategies you can use to kind of make that happen. Um, our group shares a lot of different ideas around how we make that happen and or how somebody's made it happen in their company. And then maybe you take a piece of that and, and adapt it to your company or, or something like that. So um, the cool thing is about our group is and, I, and what I really like about the mastermind group um, is everybody's committed. And I think that that's what makes a mastermind group work. Right. And we actually had some people in the group who are no longer there that weren't committed. Right. They kind of took themselves out. Um, but everybody we have in there is committed to achieving what they've set out to achieve. And we're all at different levels in our business. We're not at the same level and we all want different things. Um, but getting in there, stating a goal or stating a problem and identifying what we need to do to fix it or what we need to do to achieve the goal um, and putting the action items or putting the activities or behaviors in place so that we know throughout the quarter when we meet, you know, every other week to get together and, and report on our progress, we know exactly what activity we're looking for from each individual, right? Mm -hmm. so it makes those calls go a lot smoother, a lot easier. Hey, did you do X, Y, and Z? And I don't look at this any different than if you wanted to lose weight or get in better shape. You know, if you have a, a, a fitness coach or a personal trainer, you know, if you're not meeting with them every day and they're not giving you a plan and you're just checking in with them, they're going to ask you, like, did you do the push-ups? Did you do the reps? Did you ride you know, the bike or run on the treadmill? Um, how long did you do it for? How many times did you do it? And, and that's really what we're doing, right? We're, we're, how, many times, how many times did you make phone calls? How many times did you do this? How many times did you do that? Um, and we're holding each other accountable to that. So um, if you can do that on your own, you're a rare individual. I can do it on my own to an extent. Um, but when you're talking about people pushing you out of your comfort zone and you're talking about people who will hold you accountable and make you think bigger, um, that's what these groups do for you because you will limit yourself into what you believe you can do. Um, the group that we're in at least 
um, we just all pushed each other to do more. Like we stated our goals and then we just basically said, okay, now put another zero behind that number. Mm -hmm. Right. That's, that's essentially what we did. Mm -hmm. right? So um, you know, so like if I had a goal of $5 million, I may or may not, but if I had a goal of, re of revenue of $5 million, we basically said this week, it's 50 million, right? So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what we were doing. And we were doing that in all different aspects of the business, not just growth and sales. So, um, it was a good three days well spent, um, and on, and on an awesome time. So I, I really enjoyed it. And I, and I encourage anybody listening to this who runs a business or is a manager, wants to do more, wants to do better, go find yourself an accountability group. Um, in today's day and age with the internet, there's, they're not too hard to find. You have groups like EO, you have mm -hmm. um, Vistage, uh, you have all these other like not industry specific groups where you can find this kind of stuff. Um, and then you also will find industry specific things that, you know, in your industry, you will find industry specific organizations that facilitate these kinds of groups. So I encourage you to go out and find one. So, so that's cool. So thanks, Andre. And then um, right now I want to jump into our topic of the day, which is a conversation that Andre and I were having about... Uh, uh, I guess the shift I'm about to kind of propose is more of a mind shift than anything else, because at the end of the day, you should be doing all this stuff. But I think people think the, the, the way that we term things, I think it gives people uh, either a false sense of security or it gives them the wrong impression of what needs to be done. And I think I mentioned it on the call on, on our podcast last week, and I'll bring it up again. But like, there's people out there that think cybersecurity is just like signing up for services like No Before, mm -hmm. right? And they sign up for No Before, and they implement phishing and awareness training in their company, and now they do cybersecurity, right? right. Um, and as I mentioned in, in the podcast last week, it's, that's only a small piece of it, right? That's only a small piece of of what needs to be done so um along those same lines you know we do this thing or we have this thing called cyber security right and and i think if you really don't know what's involved in cyber security you tend to think that cybersecurity is like this wall or this in a, impenetrable defense that somebody can put up that protects you from all this bad stuff that's happening. Um, and when you're breached or you have a hack or something goes wrong, um, you look at that as a failure of your cybersecurity, of your defenses. Uh, and, and Andre and I are here today to give you a different perspective on how you should look at this as a business owner. And what we're, what we're going to talk about today is something called cyber resilience. And what cyber resilience is, is your ability to overcome something or an event that happens to you as a result of a cyber attack or a breach, you know, 
that could be like your employee stole data or your employee deleted something, right? So it's your ability to get back to business, normal business, uh, as quickly as possible. That is that is the concept here. That is what we're kind of proposing and laying out. And this isn't a concept that's unique to Andre and I. We just didn't sit in the green room and invent this term. It's been a term that a lot of companies, uh, cybersecurity companies and, and, and thought leaders in, in our space have been talking about for, for several months now. And really it's, it's an effort by the industry to change the perspective on cybersecurity as a whole, right? Because as I said, too many people think it's, it's a wall that you can put up that blocks everything and, and, and you won't get hacked. And when you do get hacked, it's seen as a failure of your cybersecurity. When the reality of it is, is you will get hacked. You will have some kind of issue that you're going to have to deal with at some point in the future. What's your company's ability to get back to business quickly? And that's what we're talking about here. That's what businesses need to shift to, need to shift their mindset to. And why, 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 why would I even bring this up? In your opinion, why is this important? Yeah, so, and I think the key word you said is you will get hacked. Right. And I'm sure some, some owners would be like, wait, what do you mean? Am, I'm not paying, am I not paying right now so that I, I won't get hacked? Like, are, my, isn't my IT company doing everything they can to make sure that I'm not going to be on the news and, you know, we're not going to have problems? And, and I, Brian and I would both say it's like, like, like just said, it's not a matter of if, it's when. I mean, look at the billions that all of these companies do spend on protecting their systems. The government may, you know, spend so much money, ASIS, Microsoft, and then they still, something still happens. So um, we not only plan to, to um, put a fortress around your network and your computers, but you have to look, it could be a breach from the inside. And if something happens, what is now that, what is that plan? Do you have that plan in place um, so that you're covered in all aspects and not just laser focus on securing the perimeter and then not thinking about, okay, let's just say that 1% chance that we did get hacked, what happens then? What is the plan after that? Right, so this this is important because a lot of business, a lot of business owners, and we're. I'm going to go through some examples here, as to why, um, th why this is important, right? So, it, why companies need to consider um, uh, the the this as as how they think about cybersecurity, right? Because we already talked about the fact that businesses look at this as like you know, a, a bubble or a wall that you can put up, um, you know, and, and I just want to go into like some of these companies and some of these uh, uh, schools and, and municipal governments, like, let's just go through the sheer number of attacks and, and how they're happening. Right. So, um, There's, you know, I'm going to share my screen here, but let me, let me 
pull this up real quick. Share screen. Ba -ba get this up on there. Um, man, I can't find the right one. Oh, that's why. I got it. Okay. So we got this one here, right? New Jersey schools, right? There's this is a big. There's two actually two school districts in New Jersey right now that are, that are dealing with cyber attacks. Uh, those are Hillsborough schools, and um, there's a, there's another one. Um, but uh, they're in, I believe they're in like Somerset County, oh, Bernard's, Bernard's, and and Hillsborough schools, right? And you know this is in my backyard, and I think a couple of weeks ago we just talked about your backyard, mm -hmm. right, Broward yep. County. Yep. Um, and like, this is what we're talking about here. Like th these, everybody's getting attacked, right? And we're gonna go through a bunch of them today, but these are schools that are getting attacked, right? And they're done, right? They, they've, the cybersecurity of these schools has been breached, right? So right. now they have to be cyber resilient, right? They have to get back up and running. And that's what cyber resiliency is. And there are a plethora of things that you need to look at and consider in order to become cyber resilient. There's a plethora of things you need to do to just be secure, right? But there's a ton of things that you need to do to make sure that you can get back up and running, right? No before is not going to help you get back up and running, mm -hmm. right? You know, no before I'll train you on what to look for, right? And they'll build that awareness they're not going to get you back up and running if you have a, a cyber attack. And the other thing too is, is like no before is not going to prevent a cyber attack. They're going to educate you on what you need to look for, what you need to be aware of so you don't get attacked, right? And if we look at, um, you know, this stuff right here, right? So how does this impact me? Well, in, 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 the, in the Dutch, in the Netherlands, you... You can't buy cheese right now. Wow. No cheese in, in, in the supermarkets um, because uh, devices uh, at this baker's network basically encrypted their systems, which disrupted food transportation and fulfillment operations. So now they have this huge cheese shortage, right? So this stuff is like getting more and more important. You know, to you know, just to cut it down to that. I mean, it's this stuff is important because now your food supply is being being affected, right? You can't buy cheese in the Netherlands, and this can happen in the United States too, probably more regionally. Um, but this can absolutely happen to in the United States, where an, a, a cyber attack could go down. If one of these, if one of these big food chains, like, I don't know, ShopRite's big here, Publix is big down there, right? Right. If one of those gets attacked, you don't think that's going to affect the food supply in, in, in Florida or New Jersey? Absolutely. Um, if you recall, even when you the, when COVID was just happening and the um, factories of Tyson, I believe, the chicken, right. um, yep. and they, they became a chicken shortage because the factories, the main factory closed. So, Yep. Yeah, just imagine that one building gets hit. 
or or just the corporate offices or the transportation offices of, of mm-hmm. Publix or you know Shoprite's or up here we have Acme or uh, Aldi. You know that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know th- this could be serious. Now now what we're talking about here with cyber resilience is okay they 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 broke your system now you can't operate now how quickly can you get back up and running because if you're cyber cyber resilient um, and you really work at it and, and test it and do it the right way the way that it's that we would recommend it would be done you probably wouldn't have a cheese shortage in the Netherlands right now right like that's that's what we're trying to prove to people and the point we're trying to make today is the fact that um, uh, is, is the fact that we have you know these firms that that go down for for weeks um, and then they can't operate and they can't do things and then you know one time it could be cheese another time it could be milk it could be eggs it could be whatever and then you know, this is all disrupted and it affects people's lives. It's going to affect this company, obviously, from being able to do business and generate revenue. Um, but it also does a lot of other things, too, like, you know, possibly make a geographic area not be able to have food or enough food. And then we jump into, you know, casinos getting hit out out in Tasmania, which is off the coast of Australia, right? Um you know, they got hit with uh, ransomware on April 3rd. And here we are 10 days later and they're down. They're, they closed the, the venues. They're, at, they're not doing business, right? So um, they affected booking systems at Rest Point Country Club venues cited in Sandy Bay. And I'm not even gonna try to pronounce that. Um, you know, and it, it's just another obvious cyber attack that people went through and and can't get back up from or recover from quickly, right? Um, I don't have it up. I don't know what happened to it, but the Houston Rockets got hacked today. Yeah. Right? The basketball team. They, They are under a ransomware attack. Now, they're claiming it didn't affect major systems. Uh, it's probably why I didn't keep it as, a, as an article to talk about, but like this could affect whether or not the Houston Rockets could play if it got that bad. Now they're saying it won't affect operations. Um, we'll see, right? You know, because last time I checked, they need they need computers and they need handout devices to scan tickets to let people mm-hmm. know, right. They don't they don't tear the ticket like back in the day anymore, right? Right, right. So. Um, hopefully that's not the case, but you know, you're talking about just like COVID interrupted, uh, professional sports games. Don't think that in the future, we're not going to have professional sports games canceled because some organization is under a cyber attack. Um, you know, you know, we're just trying to warn people that like your business is going to be impacted by this. If you're not doing this seriously, like you're not going to be able to you know, sell homes, rent buildings, sell sell uh, commercial real estate. You're not going to be able to conduct these transactions if your computers are locked up, right? So Capcom, I talked about this ransomware on my YouTube channel when it happened. Hackers gained access via vulnerable VPN, right? So 
Again, cybersecurity defense broken. VPN sucked, didn't work well. Hackers got in. Capcom suffered a major outage. They were down for weeks, you know? And that's what we're talking about here is like building that cyber resilience so you can get back up quickly and you don't have to wait for, for weeks or months to get back to business. Um, everybody needs to start having the mindset that they need to get back up and running within a short period of time. I have conversations with CEOs all the time. I don't know if you do, Andre, but I ask that question. How long can you be down? Mm -hmm. and I'll literally get CEOs who look me in the face and go, oh, we could probably be down for like two to three weeks. Right. Yeah, right. Well, let's unplug everything and let's see how that goes. Right, right. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right? Because like, you know, a sense of me, because I talk to a lot of CEOs and I've sold a lot of cybersecurity over the years, part of me thinks that that's them just looking at me as a salesperson or somebody who's trying to sell them something and being like, well, if I tell them I can't be down for more than three days, then I'm probably going to have to pay this guy more money. So let me, right. Let, or, or they're just really that clueless and they think that their business will be fine for 14 to 21 days of no activity. And they'll just be able to pick things back up after 21 days of not having access to anything, not being able to get email. You know, when you go through a cyber attack, it's not like you're going to be, it's not like you go on vacation, right? Where you come back and you have all this email in there for two weeks. Nobody's going to be able to email you. When they try to email you, the email is going to bounce. Mm -hmm. And that causes all kinds of issues on the internet when your email servers are not available and, and emails start bouncing, right? You, you get put on blacklists and you're, you're, you're on span and it takes a while to, to, clean that up and get that back to normal. So there's a lot of different things that go into all of this when, it, when you need to consider everything you need to, to put into and plan for when it comes to getting back up and running after a cyber attack. And then you got this one, uh, this F, uh, uh, cyber attacks target F5 big IP critical vulnerabilities after firm releases update. Now, what I'm about to talk about, if you uh, go and watch my YouTube channel, Exact IT Solutions YouTube channel, just type in XACT IT Solutions in YouTube, you'll find our channel. My video from uh, either the 12th or 13th of April, I'm not exactly sure when it got posted, talks about an impending uh, massive vulnerability that's going to be exposed in the next probably it's already starting to come out a little bit but i happen to know somebody who is actually the hacker who figured this stuff out hmm. um and he is going to release something very soon that is going to blow people's minds um and it's really concerning um because without going into too much detail this is an unfixable vulnerability and it's going to be millions of devices that are affected by this, by these vulnerabilities. Um, and it's nearly impossible to um, protect or, or remediate all the vulnerabilities in all these devices. Some of them are just too important to take offline to, you know, update the firmware 
or whatever. You know, it would like literally break big pieces of the internet if you took them down. Um, and this goes along with the same mind of that. So and, and what, and it's the same thing as SolarWinds. It's the same thing as the Microsoft Exchange. Companies are putting out hardware and software that can be hacked. And there's nothing you can do, I can do, or the, or the freaking best cybersecurity person in the world, or God can come back down to the earth and he can't do anything about it either, right? These things are broken. They're built and shipped broken, right? It's just that they don't know that it's broken when they sell it and ship it. Somebody figures it out along the way after after it's been deployed, right? It's Think of this like recalls on cars, right? Recalls on cars, the, the underlying problem is usually always there from the time it rolls off the manufacturer's assembly line, right? The cars come off the assembly line and they have the problem and then somebody discovers it while the cars are being used and then the NTSB puts out a, a bulletin saying that this car or, or this manufacturer's set of cars has a problem, you need to do X, Y, and Z, take it into the dealer, get it fixed, blah, blah, blah. This is the same thing, right? Manufacturers are putting out stuff that has problems. Um, a lot of times they put out patches or firmware updates to fix the problem that was discovered. Um, but just think about it like this. If, you know, if we're talking about a transportation system, right, or, or, you know, just like really important vehicles, you know, I, I can't think of anything to, to compare it to. Um, but just think if we were all dependent on, um, if we were all dependent on uh, public transportation, like we needed to hop on a bus or a train to get from point A to point B, and there really was no thing as cars, right? So the way I'm thinking about this is is pretty simple. If if we need to use these cars to 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 transact and do business every day. And if we take down these cars and we don't have this transportation, then people can't get to work and business doesn't happen. That's what's going on with these devices. If we take these devices offline, the internet's not going to happen. Business isn't going to happen. Things aren't going to happen when it comes to technology and internet. And I don't think the business world's ready for that. Like we're, like we're talking about stock market moving type activity if we did stuff like this like this would affect the stock market big time mm -hmm. we're taking a lot of stuff offline and that's and that's what this group goes into and this article goes in to say and what we're trying to point out is that you know a lot of what goes into cybersecurity is stuff that's in your control but there's a, a percentage of it that is not in your control and you can't control whether or not you buy something from Microsoft, you put it in place, you secure it according to best practices, and you follow everything that you're supposed to do to keep that secure. But there's something in that software that you can't see, Microsoft can't see, that somebody discovers along the way, and then they're able to use it to export. Right? And that's and that's kind of what we're talking about here and, and why cybersecurity Neat, it is important, but cyber resilience is more important because you've got a plan to get back up and running. So I know I went a long time there. I want to get your intake, your input on this, Andre. Like, you really know, disagree with me? Am I? Am I? No, I totally agree. But you know, I think one of the the and I'm going to use that car analogy that you gave. 
Mm -hmm. is it's kind of like when you're driving, like by now, everybody's seen accidents, right? Maybe once a month, you're driving down the road and you see a car accident. Sometimes it's just a fender bender. And sometimes, unfortunately, the ambulance has to wheel somebody out to go to the hospital. But I'm, on, I'm also wondering, with all of this, with everyone getting, not everyone, but with a lot of corporations and government entities getting hacked, it seems like now it's starting to going to be like a tone deaf where it's going to be like, I know I'm driving a car and I know that's the possibility I'm going to get in an accident and I'm going to deal with it. And I'm curious to know from the audience if that's how, or Brian, your opinion, is that how, is that how it's going to be with, with computers and technology where people are going to kind of be like, you know, until it happens to you, of course, you're not going to want it to happen, but are people starting to get tone deaf and not care as much or just willing to take the risks because they need to transport? You see, I don't know if you see where I'm going at with this. I mean, I hear you. Um, I guess it's one of those things that I look at and if it doesn't affect me personally, then why should I care? Yes. And that's, and that's what I think. And yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's a lot of people's attitudes with a lot of things, mm -hmm. but you know, uh, the purpose of this podcast and the reason I do a Facebook channel and you do a Facebook channel is to educate people and kind of sound the alarm that this was going to affect you one day, right? You're going to care when you walk into your, your local supermarkets and you can't buy food. Yeah. You're going to care when your rain cameras and your smart devices and and everything in your home gets hacked. But not only that, what I alluded to earlier about the information that I know is going to come out in the next couple months, it's going to be big. What have you invested all this money into smart home equipment? And then information comes out and somebody says, like, for instance, ring. What if Ring came out and said, oh, these vulnerabilities were disclosed and we've discovered that we can't update or we can't secure the existing products that we have out there. Mm -hmm. So we're end of lifing all of these products and we're not going to support them anymore. And now you have to go out and invest more money into all new smart home products after you probably just spent thousands of thousands of dollars putting in doorbells and lights and, and everything else that you want smart in your home. Uh, because I know, I mean, I have a pretty cool smart home myself, but I know people who aren't in the tech space who have way cooler shit than I do. Right. <laughs> and that's like, you know, I think about those people like, who invested in this stuff and, and are going to be told one day, um, you know, you got to replace everything you have in your home because uh, you're going to get hacked if you don't. Right. And that's that's kind of where, where I'm thinking about things. Like, you and I are just, we're on the forefront of this. We understand who, how, and who is impacted, but we also understand what's coming, and it's not going to get any better. It's got to get a lot worse before it gets better. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, quite like, look at it this way, dude. If 
if if solar winds and and our government being hacked the way that it got hacked if if people don't care from that then 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 it it needs to go to the level that I'm talking about because quite frankly when did the solar wind hack go down november december right yeah we just today put sanctions on russia and they just came out today and actually officially named uh cozy bear you know the people who were behind it mm. right um so it, you know it's it's that kind of thing like americans should be absolutely pissed off and demanding from their lawmakers that they get a better handle on cybersecurity, especially for the government with all the information that the government holds about us. You know, each individual, you know, the government knows when you were born, they know your social security number, they know uh, your taxes, they know how much money you make. I mean, if you wanna find information on, you wanna do mass surveillance on an entire country, hack their government, right? Yeah. So, I mean, this is this is kind of where we're at, folks. I mean, we are at a point where cybersecurity is 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 at the beginning. We're we're not at the end. Uh, it's only going to get worse. And let's just wrap up today and maybe talk about the next five minutes. What are what are some things that you like if I were a business owner and I came to you and I said, hey, Andre, I just listened to your podcast and I'm not so sure I'm cyber resilient. Um, what were, what would some things that you would recommend uh, to a business owner that they could start doing or that they should start looking at or questioning in their business to determine what level of cyber resiliency they have? Well, just like a car, I'm going to use that car analogy again. Um, you know, you got to make sure you're wearing your seatbelt. You got to make sure your airbag sensors work. You got to make sure you have um, uh, rental insurance so that way when they're fixing your car, you can, you know, kind of still be able to move around. So the same way in your business. Okay, so you, you were that small percent that got hacked. What plan did you have in place prior? Because you got to have a plan. We talked about that before in a few episodes ago where you can't, the, your state of mind when you're in that situation is totally different from when it's kind of calm. You can do a boardroom meeting with all your, your, your executives and supervisors and just kind of come up with that plan. If Brian came and unplugged the power from these computers, how does it, um, how, is, how does um, accounting, uh, what happens to them? Are they, is there a backup plan? Can they just go work from home because there's, there's, you know, another solution? Is there backup computers that's in place? Right. So like I would say putting the plan in place as far as if something were to happen to this particular department, what then would happen? That, that would be one of my things I would mention. Yep. Yeah. And one of the things I would, I would recommend is, uh, you know, A, you should have, a, a incident response plan in place. We've talked about that before. So if you don't have an incident response plan, you're not cyber resilient because that's pretty much like elementary. That's where it starts. Um, the last thing you want to be trying to do is 
remember remember phone numbers, remember who to call, remember what to do when you're under stress, right? So have a plan, have it in somewhere where people can get to it. They're trained on it. They know where it is. Um, and the other thing is, is, you know, start doing fire drills. You know, typically when you're doing a, a cybersecurity uh, plan, you're giving, you're doing tabletop exercises first, where, where, where the stakeholders are sitting around the room and basically talking through, um, you know, if they lost this system or if they lost that software, uh, how would it impact them? What, what would they do as a backup? Like for instance, in a hospital if, or in a medical facility, if you have uh, EMR, um, you're gonna wanna be able to have pen and paper and a process and, and, and train your people on how to go back to pen and paper if the systems aren't available, like that's one way a, a medical uh, practice could become cyber resilient is, 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 is taking down their EMR system and training their staff on how to continue to work when they don't have this system. Uh, too many companies, you know, or I should say companies became too reliant on technology over the past 20 years and, and in your practice, you probably bring people in and train them on the computer. You don't train them how to do it on pen and paper. Um, now with cybersecurity, it's kind of brought that back where we have to still consider training on paper because we're so used to having these systems available all the time because technology's gotten so good. Um, you know, when technology first came out, it wasn't that good. And, and you know, hard drives would die and power supplies would go and and computers would be down for periods of time, you know, and we, we got away from that. And then now here comes, you know, cyber hackers, criminal hackers, and people who want to take things to another level and take you down. So um, building that plan, building a understanding, stakeholders understanding uh, what's involved, go through that exercise of what, you know, what would happen if these systems were down. And then you build towards actually doing an actual fire drill where you take the system offline and, and, and test your plan. Um, some people may, may hear this and go, that sounds crazy to me, but you know, if you're a big company and you have to follow compliance and you, you have a lot, a lot of liability uh, that could potentially happen to you as a result of an event at your office, like a fire, I guarantee you that you have fire drills in your building so people know where to exit in the event of a fire or, you know, a tornado or something like that. This is the same thing. You're, test, you're testing out your, your plan and seeing where the problems are. And then, you're, and then you're doing lessons learned and you're taking notes and you're circling back to that plan every so often and, and refining it and making it better as you go through it for when... The event does happen, you're still able to bring the cheese to the market, right? Because you've planned it out. You know what you know what it looks like when you don't have these systems that you've become reliant on. And that's what resilience is. Resilience is being able to work past the technology and can you know continue to work in other ways. So um, I hope this was informative to any everyone. Andre, do you have any uh, last thoughts or words you want to share with everybody before we wrap up? 
Yeah, uh, speaking of resilience, I was at a, a little small local cafe and for whatever reason, it wasn't, I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't a cyber attack or anything like that, but their payment system stopped working. So I was so impressed to see that they actually had the old school machine where you put the credit card. Uh, the imprint machine. The imprint machine. <laughs> and, and, um, and, but funny enough, my, well, I'm not going to show, I was about to show you my credit card, but, <laughs> but, but, but my um, credit card is one of the new ones, so it no longer has that. Yep. So he was kind of stooped, like, oh, okay, I'm just going to have to write it down. Yep. But nevertheless, I was just impressed that the small local restaurant down the street didn't just close shop and say cash only, because a lot of times you'll see that. They'll yep. just say, sorry, cash only. But they actually did think about, going back to resilience, they did think about, okay, if the, if the internet stopped working or our credit card machine stopped working, we just go back to this old one. And now that this happened, now they're going to probably just figure out another way, not you know, to take pictures of someone's credit card. So yeah, so no matter what your industry is, um, be it a natural disaster or a cyber attack or just something stopped working and it can't get fixed for a few hours, a few days, you got you to gotta think way more than just protecting the perimeter, but then continuing to operate your business um, um, no matter what. Yeah, I'm going to state the obvious here, but I think it's important that I say it because what you just mentioned there is a great example, but it's much infinitely easier to, to maneuver a small boat than it is a large boat, right? Yeah. We need to keep that in mind, right? So that small shop was able to pivot quickly because they're small, right? Um, bigger companies don't have that luxury, right? And the bigger you are, the harder that ship is to get to turn right um, and, and that's you know something you need to keep in mind so if you have you know a larger company the larger it is the harder it's going to be to do this stuff the longer it's going to get going to take to get you to where you probably need to and want to be at this stage um but you know you got to start somewhere and you got to start now so hopefully it's today after you hear this podcast we we urge you to take action um, get the right people around you that are smart to this stuff and, and, and get protected, but not only get protected, get resilient, you know, be able to be able to run after an attack, after a hurricane, after a flood. It really doesn't matter what it is. They call it cyber resilience. But at the end of the day, it's just business resilience because mm -hmm. it might not be a hacker that takes you down. It might be an employee. It might be a fire, a flood, a nuclear bomb. Who the hell knows what's coming in the future? Um, but you know, the idea here is, is that no matter what happens, your business can still deliver the goods to whoever you need to deliver them to. So that's it for me. Anything else? No, that's all. All right. Thanks everyone. We'll come to you next week with more and, uh, stay safe out there. Take care.